Good morning. Morning. This is just great worship this morning. Uh, glad you're here. And uh, this morning, I have the the privilege of welcoming and introducing um, a, a guest. Um, so you've heard of our missions trips to Honduras. Um, we've had many of those. Uh, Al has spoken many times. We've had a number of people going on the trip. And uh, so we have uh, Mike Miller with us this morning. Um, he's going to be sharing uh, from the word this morning. And uh, I, we had the, the privilege of having Mike drop into our Tuesday morning uh, Bible study. And uh, man, it was just just incredible. We, we, we never really got into the word, um, but we had some great conversation and heard some amazing, amazing, amazing stories of the things that God, by his grace, has been doing uh, in Honduras uh, with, um, you know, some of the, the stories of uh, uh, gang members and, and how God has broken through uh, so much of the, the, really the pain, if you think about it, right, to get into those groups. Um, th- th- there's just a lot of turmoil that has to go on in a person's life to bring them to that point. And then for God to reach through and transform those lives just in front of our eyes is just amazing. It, it's the testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit at work. And uh, so I'm really excited this morning to hear uh, what the Lord has placed on uh, Mike's heart this morning. So I'd like to welcome Mike up here and uh, just uh, so excited to, hey. to hear what's going on. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Good morning, Higher Hope. Buenos dias. Oh, boy. This is going to be a tough one, isn't it? Tough crowd. It's just so I would get two minutes. Anybody who's been to Honduras, could you stand just real quickly? I just, I'm going to embarrass you. I'm sorry. But just stand up. Come on now. Amen. Look at that. That is, that is a witness. That is a witness. That is a witness. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. You know, you're all red in the face. You're nervous. Your hearts are running. That's good cold and windy outside but we're going to bring the fire in the house this is the house of god amen amen see my i've been a missionary for 16 years with my wife and one of the biggest things that we always want to do is to be a witness to others that is the main reason why we're here psalm 127 1a says unless the lord builds the house the builders labor in vain think about that for a minute unless the lord builds the house this is the house. This is the house of God. For individually, is a house that carries the Holy Spirit. And one of all of my travels, I've seen so many change. But the biggest thing that we have, the biggest witness that we can carry, is the disciples. The disciples, they witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They witnessed the burial of Jesus Christ. But they also witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through that resurrection, Jesus prepared them, prepared them to go forth and be a witness, not just locally, but throughout the world. That's what missionaries are doing today. All of you are missionaries. Your witness could be here at Sam's Club. I've had that experience. It could be in the bus terminal in Elmira. I've had that experience. Wherever you are, your witness is to glorify God. And that's what the apostles learned. They went out and they witnessed throughout the world. And I want to challenge you because today my talk is about where is your foundation? Where is your foundation? Is it on the rock or on the sand? 
Because I have witnessed through team members that have come down, they come down thinking they're on the rock, and possibly they have built their house partially on the rock and partially on the sand, and they're teeter-tottering. Others have said, I've built my house on the rock, and they walk with that faith. Others have completely stepped off and said they built their life on sand. The reason being is, a lot of times we experience spiritual dryness, spiritual confusion. We learn to have resentment that builds up inside. And that's what's going on. If you have a Bible, please turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is the Word of God. Always need to be with us, my brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to read verses 24 through 27. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And it says, now there's some key words, and I'm going to go back to these key words. But, you know, before we get started, Jesus in a lot of his parables would say if. If it will happen, or if. But in this scripture, he said the word, and it's key, and. This is a definite. This is going to happen to all of us. There's a scripture that can help all of us. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the what? Rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built the house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. As we work with youth and gang members, like Rob has told you, and we work with team members as well, our biggest thing is, is keeping ourselves focused on Jesus Christ, where the foundation is. Is it on the rock or on the sand? Many could be a witness that life in itself is difficult, amen? We have so many circumstances that are going against us. In Central America, with a 50% unemployment rate, and 67% of the children who are forcing their way to get through a poverty-stricken life is trying to make it, just trying to make it. It's 3.5% unemployment rate here in the States. It's 50 in Central America. So the odds are stacked against them. And when you come in and breathe the word of God into them and saying, you know what, you need to build your life on the solid rock that we stand, they're looking at you going, hmm, you really don't know. Gang members are gang members. Children are changing. Youth are changing. People are changing because they want what? They want to feel satisfied they're not feeling satisfied anymore they're struggling in life they're spiritually dry maybe it's satan that's playing with them maybe there's various reasons but where is their foundation the only way to build your house to last in a lifetime is that the church in itself will make sure that your building your building is built on a solid foundation which is the rock of jesus christ Remember, Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. The disciples knew after the resurrection that they had to be challenged. They had to grow up with Jesus for three years so they'd be ready, prepared for the field. 
And what is going on is that the disciples knew that crucifixion and resurrection, and they went and they started going forward. And I remember one of our team members that came down, and someone can witness this, that has been down with us. Team members, a lot of times, North American's lifestyle is always, let's get it done. Let's go fast. Let's get it done quickly. It's about production. It's about this. It's about that. But we never get to breathe in what Jesus is. A lot of times we're not seeing through the eyes of what Jesus is seeing. And I remember we were going to Monjarras, which is a town down to the south, and we've been helping seven communities with water filters. And these water filters are, are cleaning the people's water and making them better physically. But spiritually, they were what? Broken. Because they're building their house on a sand foundation. And I remember our team that came down, they're looking and they're like, come on, Michael. Come on, Rennie. Let's get these filters going. Let's get them going. And I said to the lady, I said to our sister, I says, do you see what God is seeing? It's not about how fast we go, but what is God relaying to us? I said, the young lady that's working with us, the Honduran woman, who is working with us, she is hurting inside. She needs help. She needs Jesus Christ. Later on, after we gave the instruction, we always do an evangelism. We preach the word. We, we exhort the people. We don't condemn. We don't pull down. We build them up. And that's what we did. We started building up, and we were preaching, and then we did an altar call, and this lady, the same lady, came forward. And she wasn't coming forward for salvation. She already knew Jesus Christ as her Savior. But what she was coming forward for was what? To heal. And I looked at her and I said, Sister, God knows about your infidelity. God knows what's going on inside of you. And the tears start flowing down. She goes, make, I want to make it right. Lo and behold, the woman that was trying to get it done was standing behind her, laying her hands in the air and praying and crying with her and realizing what God was conveying to the both of them at the same time. Can I get a witness on that one? Jesus is working through us. We are called to be that witness. To build on a solid rock. Not to destroy are we still standing after the winds blow and the rains come? Because it says in the scriptures, in verse 25 especially, it says, it will come, and it will come, it says Jesus. The rains, the winds, the floods, those are life circumstances, those are temptations. That is what is going on in our life with Satan. Satan doesn't want you to be happy, he wants you to be confined. He wants you to be set in one stage, telling you you cannot change. You can't change the world. You can't change the church. You can't change the community. But as long as Jesus Christ lives inside us, lives inside this house, He can change anything. Amen. Jesus is moving, but are we moving with Him? Or are we so destroyed in our own selfishness that we're forgetting about what it is to be a witness to the world? Are we being that witness? Are we going out? Inside the gangs, you go in and you start witnessing to these brothers. And they're brothers of mine now because they're saved in Jesus Christ. Before, all they knew was how to kill, how to sell drugs, how to do those notorious things that you hear on TV. And many people would say, I don't want to go in there. 
Uh-uh. I used to say that about 20 years ago. I went past Elmire Correctional Facility, and I said, I don't want to go in there. Well, God smiled and said, you're going in. You're going to go preach. You're going to teach. You're going to help hold weekends. And I thought, you're crazy. And I did. And I fell in love. I fell in love with the ministry and the idea that we can reach out to others even though I may never have been a gang member. I have never done drugs. I have never killed anyone. But you know what? I know Jesus. I know Jesus. And that is the best thing I can offer is the love of Christ to others. And so many men, we started in Tamar prison with only a handful of guys that escaped and got out of the prison But over a year, we were up to 95 men who were saved, walking with Jesus Christ, and making a change. That is a miracle, my brothers and sisters. It's a hard rock to break through because in that type of rock, you're breaking the heart so they can open up and feel again. So they can understand. In the mission field, when teams come down, they have a great opportunity to interact with the culture, to observe. We have a squatters community that we're working with up north about an hour and a half. We've been doing this for six years. And I remember after our second year, all we wanted to do was take our older youth, 15, 16-year-olds. Now keep this in mind, 15, 16-year-olds do not carry the Bible in the States. I don't see them walking around. Our boys do. They carry them in their backpacks. And they're out witnessing the word to these kids and these people. 500 families. And they're giving the word of God. In preaching, and then my brother L. Erickson comes by and he says, Hey, can I lead a team out there? I didn't want to contaminate them with the North Americans. I didn't want to give them gifts. But L. says, Let's do a shoe and fundraiser and sneakers and take it down and bless them because we found out these kids couldn't go to school without shoes. They won't let them in. And so that ministry started to blossom. And I remember I had a Victory Highway pastor, Pastor Vaughn Van Skyver with us and another brother. And we're walking out, and this lady, we're handing out water filters and that, and this lady comes out of her house, and she's being guided by her daughter. And she couldn't see. She was blind. And I said, Sister, are you in the Word? She goes, I can't read it. I can't go to church. I'm blind. I said, Brothers, let's lay hands on her. Of course, when you bring down some North Americans, they're looking, okay, yeah, we'll lay hands. But you know what they're doing? They're doing one of these. Looking out of one eye, they're like, is that really happening? What's going on? And God knows that. And so what he's saying, he said, you know what, let's pray. And we prayed. I said, let's go. I said, sister, when you head back to your house and when you enter your house, you'll be healed in Jesus' name. We continue our day. And these brothers started to conceive miracles. As we're heading back, that lady was standing in front of her door reading the Bible. Reading the word of God, she was healed. This stuff is real. This is what Jesus is saying. If you're building on the foundation, on the rock, you will see miracles. You will perform miracles. You will do more than what I have done. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cure the blind. And we're being a witness of that. But a lot of times we're paying attention to our own selves. We're so caught up in what we have to do every day. And that's normal. I understand. I get it. 
Well, how are we feeding ourselves? The junk that we put in makes our lives what? Junky. What we see is what fills our brains and our hearts. And that makes us motivated to feel what we see. Lust on TV or in movies. Things that attract us. But is that what Jesus Christ is calling us for? Maybe sometimes we're feeling so down because of all the wind and the pressure and the floods that come against us. Are we feeling that spiritual dryness? Got to get a witness on that. How many of you are feeling spiritually dry today? We all have that moment in life. We get down on each other. We get down on ourselves. Spouses are fighting. They don't even know why. Everybody's starting to wonder, man, I wish I could get out of that. Today's the day. Today's the day to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to trust you from here on in. I want to build my foundation, my house, over the rock. I want to be a disciple. Jesus Christ challenged us in Matthew 28, 19. He says, go forth and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he says, go forth and make disciples. We can't make disciples if we're not witnessing to others, if we're not being a witness to others. I want to challenge you today to be a witness. And the best way is to experience it in your own life, locally and internationally. Maybe you're sitting. I sat in the same spot you did 20 years ago. 20 years ago. In a Methodist church, and I sat there, and Lester knows this, and I sat in the Methodist church, and in that vault, and it says, needed, carpenters. I'm from the Horsets area. I said, you know what, maybe that's what I could do. I went home, I said, Glenda, I want to go to Russia for two weeks. What? Let's go to Honduras. They just had Hurricane Mitch. I want to help my people. Okay, let's do it. I hate flying. I was scared of flying. I didn't know the language. I didn't know anything. I really didn't even know the culture because I didn't have a great relationship with my father and mother-in-law who are Latino. My wife is Latino. And so when we went down that trip to Nicaragua because we never ended up in Honduras. We ended up in another country. Glenda was frustrated. She's like, Lord, what, what, what's going on? I want to help my people in Honduras. And the Lord said, the people in Nicaragua are my people too. And so we end up there and guess what? Look at us now, 20 years later, staying in front of you, challenging you to not make excuses and saying no, but start making answers and saying yes. Do not let the problems of life, financial difficulties, spiritual dryness, or confusion to hold you back from doing God's work and being a witness. It is challenging. I get it. But a church to last. The church looks like a church from the exterior. But a church to last is the production of fruit that it gives. Do you hear me? It's the production of fruit. It's being the witness to others. You being a witness individually to each other. Just a smile. No one on, in the trains of New York City like to smile. I get on the train to visit my in-laws and they're all like... They're staring at their phones. They're all mad. 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 And this young, this old woman, she's standing there holding on the bar. And I'm like, what in the world? I got up. I said, man, please. Everybody's looking at us like, oh, what are you doing? This lady's 80 years old. It's like, be a gentleman. What happened to that? 
Why do we have to conform to the society and the standards of life? We don't need to. We need to stand on the principles of Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to move with the principles of Jesus Christ. Not what the standard of the world says. Mark McManus has a great book, The Barbarian Way. You go against the grain of the world, he says. Be a barbarian in Jesus Christ. Go against the grain. Standing on the principles, the rock of Jesus Christ. But, how do you reach the goal? And what is the goal? That is victory in Jesus. Our passion everywhere we go in Honduras is to make sure the gospel is reached out to others. That is the sole reason why I'm alive. It is my purpose. It is what I'm driven for. We are not paid. We're volunteers. We love the Lord. And our outward giving is by showing that you matter. You have a purpose. You are here for a reason. You have been called. You have a motivation. Each of you have a reason for why you're here. I remember Brother Mike and James, good brothers now in the faith. And Mike, he came down the first year, it was three, time, three years ago, and he's like, don't shove the dove. I don't want any crazy missionary stuff. Don't shove the dove. I'm like, no, I just want a hug. He's like, oh, what's this? And Mike's a big guy. If you see him, he's back there. He, he knows what I'm talking about. He can see it. And Glenn and I, we just what? We loved him. Came down a second time. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to witness. We're going to witness in another way. But it takes action. But it takes belief in one thing. And this is where I want to end you today. It takes you in the belief of saying this. Does Jesus live inside you? Does the Holy Spirit exist in you? Or is it something we just read? James 1.20 says if we just read the word, we can get confused in a paraphrase, but we have to put it in action. Put the word in action. The only way to put it in action is, is what? Believing that Jesus Christ is in the house. This is your house. God is building you for a reason. He's not done with you. He just started. Well, I may be old. We had a lady who was 80 years old that came down. She celebrated her 80th birthday with us. Well, I don't have carpentry skills. You don't need to. Who gave the skills to build the tabernacle for Moses? And the Israelite people, God laid the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit is our motivation. They knew it because it lived in them. It was their motivation to do God's work. And that's why I'm challenging you. Are you living in the victory? Or are you living on the sand where it moves? So when the difficulties of life do come, the challenges in your marriages will come. And when it becomes really hard, are you claiming Jesus or are you claiming something else? Jesus is the only thing you need. The only thing you need.
of the 188 kids we've graduated and they have associate's degree or anything else that we've done in Honduras, we don't want any credit whatsoever. It is all to the glory of Jesus Christ. Because all we are are servants built on the rock to glorify His name. Amen? Shall we pray? Father God, I give you thanks for this congregation, for the church. I give you thanks for Pastor Mike, Lord. Bless him. Bless this community of brothers and sisters, Father. And I pray in Jesus' name that the production of fruit will flow out of these doors, Lord. That whatever is stirring inside their hearts right now, Lord, that they will feel that nudging of saying, you know what, Lord, I want to serve locally. Hook me up with Pastor John or Pastor Mike. Hook me up. Just say it in your heart. Say it with your lips. Pour it out in your mind. Just say, Lord, use me. Lord, motivate me. I want to be useful. I want to move. Because I'm going to see your victory. I'm going to see your glory. And Lord, instill that then with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.